Hello, and welcome to Airshest's Women in Tech podcast series. We're very excited to be back for a second season. In this series, we share the stories of inspiring women working at the intersection of innovation, law, and technology. If you haven't listened to our first season, you can find us under Airshest's Legal Outlook podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Jessica Lang, and I am an associate in Airshest's corporate and digital economy team in Hong Kong. The Ashes Digital Economy team supports clients' digital strategies and identifies how they can leverage new technologies from a legal perspective. And I am super excited to share some examples of that with you today while chatting to our guest, Lucy Spencer, Lead Counsel in the Network Infrastructure team at Meta. In our discussion, Lucy explains how her legal career has evolved and how she entered the broader TMT space with the digital economy team at Ashes and her eventual switch to becoming an in-house counsel with the Meta Legal team in Singapore. She shares with us stories from her early legal career, journeying through multiple jurisdictions, reflects on the lessons she's learned along the way, and what excites her about the ever-growing digital economy sector. Here's our conversation. Hi, Lucy. Thank you very much for joining us today. It's very, very exciting to have you to speak with us about women in tech. To kick off our chat today, can you walk us through your journey to becoming a TMT lawyer? Did you always know you wanted to work in tech? Hey, Jess. Um, nice to talk to you. Very, very excited to be here. Um, that's a good question. No, I absolutely did not know that I wanted to work in tech. Um, I'm here now and I'm very, very happy, but it was it was certainly not where I started out. Um, my goal was for a long time to become a diplomat and to work in international regulations. So I'm pretty far pretty far now from where I started out. Um, I, When I finished high school, I um, did a an arts degree in international studies, which I really loved. Um, I focused on studying different cultures and learning different languages. Um, and that was, that was terrific. But at the end of it, I realized that I probably needed to do some further study if I was going to get one of these dream jobs that I wanted. Um, and that led me to a law degree. Um, and then as I got further into that law degree, I realized that I actually loved it and and law was very much my thing. When I f- finished my law degree, I had the opportunity to do uh, my training contract or my articles with uh, DLA Piper in Melbourne. And so I did I did my training contract and um, all the various rotations that go with it and solidified that, you know, I was heading towards sort of uh, front-end transactional work. So after a couple of years working in the infrastructure team at DLA Piper, I, I wanted to have a bit of a, an adventure. Um, I was studying Russian at the time, so I thought it would be fun to go and work in Moscow for a little while. Uh, so I um, I got a job at White & Case in Moscow, and I joined their M&A team uh, for a couple of years. Um, that was extremely cool. Um, it, was, it was a wonderful experience, both personally, you know, I, I, I studied Russian, I met lots of made lots of great friends. Uh, I met my husband, um, but I but I also had a terrific time career-wise and, and learned a lot of uh, very, very cool things. Um, but after that, I kind of thought, oh, I need a break from law. Um, <laughs> I'm tired. So I uh, did a master's in international law. Um, I studied French for a while. I did an internship with UNESCO. Um, and then the coolest part was having my, my daughter. Uh, so I hung out with her for a while, which was which was very very cool, um, and probably you know the best thing that you know I would recommend to anyone is is taking some proper time off to to be with your with your firstborn. Um, 
And then, but then after the, after a little while, when my daughter was about 15 months, I thought I really miss working. I'd like to go back to work. Um, I miss working in a law firm. So um, I looked at what was around and um, was lucky enough to get a job in Hong Kong with, um, with Ashurst um, in Josh Cole's team. So um, I was, I was hired as an M&A lawyer and I started out with him doing predominantly M&A, but after a little while, uh, Josh was starting to bring me into some of his TMT matters. And I, I was thinking, actually, this is more my thing. Um, it, it had the combination of a lot of sort of commercial law, a lot of drafting, you know, commercial agreements, but also, you know, I was doing some privacy work, um, getting up to speed with the, the various legislation um, that, that cuts across the technology sector, um, learning about, you know, the different the different ways things work. Um, and I thought, no, this is this is really something that I could do. I enjoy it. I'm genuinely excited to do this type of work. And so um, that sort of, that was my transition. That's how I ended up as a TMT lawyer. I was just super lucky that I was in a team that, that and, and working for someone that was, that supported me to make that transition. Yeah, it's really interesting as in your your, your career trajectory, like you have actually worked in multiple jurisdictions. And I think that it enables you to kind of adapt, like, you know, in different environments and also practice area. And I think being a transactional lawyer allows you to actually learn a lot of transferable skills, the drafting point of view and actually the problems, problem solving side of things. So yeah, working with you on Mata, um, when you're at Ashes and also with Josh, I think the that is also the reason why I really love about um, TMT work is that everything is bespoke, but you still be able to leverage, you know, your M and A background, and also, you know, applying those skills, like you know, in um, TMT projects, and you know, because tech is developing, you know, at such a high speed now, and everything is new, and actually having that, you know, problem solving skills and almost crisis management skills from like being an M and A lawyer is actually really useful. I think. I think that's right, Jess. I think it probably, you know, it's it feels and sounds like I, I went to a bunch of different practice areas, but actually from that moment of deciding that I wanted to be a front-end lawyer and do transactional work and be a commercial lawyer, I think as long as you're developing those base skills, it's it's not as hard to switch focus areas as it probably would be in other areas. Um, and as I said, I was just lucky that someone was prepared to support me in that transition. But ultimately, you're right, the same skills, you know, it's it's pretty transferable. Yeah, I'm sure the listeners can deduce by now that, you know, I used to work with um, Lucy in the same team and very fortunate to have, have the opportunity to work with you as colleagues during our time at Astros together. And then having you now as our client after you moved to Matter last year. Can you tell us about your transition going from private practice into in-house at Matter and what are the major differences and what does a typical day look like now? I guess... Um, the transition from private practice to in-house, that was pretty organic for me because um, an opportunity came up. There was a maternity leave position at Meta and um, there, there was a possibility for someone to go on secondment to fill that maternity leave position. Um, I was very vocal about wanting that position. Uh, so um, that happened quite naturally. I, I went from you know doing some Meta work with, with the team at Ashurst to moving in-house as a secondee. So it wasn't as sort of stark as um, otherwise sort of private practice to in-house transition would be. Um, I also had the benefit of the support of, of um, Josh and the team. So it wasn't, 
you know, it, I wasn't completely on my own in a new environment. Um, but I had that, I did that secondment position. And then at the end of that, extended it a little bit more and then a little bit more and then a little bit more. And then eventually um, it had been a couple of years that I'd been on secondment. And so I had to make that decision. And um, I was lucky enough that there was an opportunity for me to switch permanently. So I said goodbye to my private practice days and um, became a full-time meta lawyer. So the major differences, I mean, there's the obvious ones that, you know, that, 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 that you can think of is that not um, focus on billable hours that, that private practice obviously has um, and the difference of being inside in a company. But I think probably for me, the major difference that I spot the most just in my daily life is how integrated I've become here in the matters. And I think that's the thing that I probably love the most about now being in-house. I think when I was in private practice and, you know, sort of the private practice experience generally is, is that, you know, you're instructed to do a, a, a specific piece of, of work and you do that piece of work. And of course, in a transaction, you know, you, you see where that goes, but often, you know, you don't get to follow it. Whereas in-house, you see exactly where it goes, how people digest it, you know, if they have trouble interpreting it, what they, you know, what it ends up achieving and its impact. And I really love that ability to see things follow through and to be involved with, with my clients here um, on a on a really granular level of how that advice translates into what 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 you actually do about a situation, that ability to just get so involved in the matters that I work that I work with. One of the major differences for me in my time as an in-house lawyer is my ability to control my time a bit better. I think um, here it's it's easier for me to say, um, you know, c can we do that at five o'clock instead of two o'clock? Whereas obviously when you're um, in a service provider role, you know, you don't have as much discretion to um, sort of dictate the terms of times and calls and that sort of thing. And I think for me um, and my, you know, my, my, my circumstances, it just makes it a lot easier for me to be able to um, manage my day in a more controlled way. Typical day. Oh, uh, that's a hard one because I don't think there really is ever a typical day for me. Um, I mean, definitely there are things in my calendar that, that I can predict, but things change. And I think that's the beauty of an in-house role. And from, from what I hear, that's kind of typical across in-house roles. You, you're there to support the team that you're supporting and whatever comes up you deal with. So um, it's not really, it's <laughs> sorry to give it a sort of dodgy answer, but there's not really any typical day for me. It's sort of what's happening at the moment. What's the most pressing thing? What do I need to support people on? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that I guess um, in-house like a lot of people would maybe envisage a more um, predictable day but I guess in meta like you know being such an innovative company and, and everything is just so new I guess it's just it's just quite hard to actually have for like a nine to five you basically just have to work with the commercial team the projects team quite closely to kind of meet their kind of project deadlines and just to make sure that you support them. Also I know you have three kids and it's amazing that you're still able to, you know, forge a very successful legal career. Would you be able to share with us how you manage to juggle family and work and achieve the work-life balance? Um, not sure that I am, but I give it my give it my best. Um, so the work-life balance is, you know, the, the struggle is real. And I think any working parent, you know, is on, on top of those issues. It's 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 hard. It's hard to to keep everything going. Um, I have three 
children. They are eight, six, and uh, three. Um, so they're still in those ages where they they need their their mama a lot, and uh, I try to be there as much as I can. But you know, I also have a full time job and I have commitments. So yeah, the struggle is real. Um, I think for me, it's all about prioritizing, um, looking at the list of what needs to be done for for work and for home. Um, what's urgent? What what must be done? What you know should be done, and what I can probably put off till tomorrow. And and making sure that those really high importance ones get ticked off. Um, looking at my kids and saying what's really important for them. Like um, one of my kids loves that I'm there to tuck him in. So I need to prioritize that. That's the thing that that's his thing. Um, other kids don't care if I'm there to tuck them in. They care about something else. So it's kind of looking at that, looking at that list and trying to tick off the things that, that really matter. Um, a, I remember a senior lawyer once said to me, um, I met I met this woman and she she had four children. She was a very senior lawyer. And I said to her, Wow, you're amazing. Like, how do you, how do you like juggle everything? Like, how do you keep it going? And she said, You just work it out. And I was kind of like, well, that's terrible advice. Like, what does that even mean? Um, and I think as I get older, I, I kind of understand that more. Like, you just work it out. You just need to find out that balance that works for you that you can keep those things that are important to everyone and that need to be done going to the the right standard. And then those things that you can move and shuffle around and do at different times and you need to do them. Um, the reason I really love my job now is because I have that flexibility. I can, I can control a lot more my time and I can say, okay, let's move that call to five because, you know, I have to do this from three to four and then four to five, I can do that. But, you know, these are the times that work for me. And then it's about being able to say, okay, I have to get up at six because my kids get up at six. Um, so why don't I work for a couple of hours from six to eight and then I can not work from eight to 10. Um, so I think it's just that balance and trying to work out, you know, the best way to make it work for you. You you just work it out. Yeah, I think like sorting out your priorities, I think is the most important thing. And I think it also reminds me of my conversation with another a senior lawyer who was my mentor and she said that you know a lot of people said you can't have it all but it's not exactly true you can't have it all all at the same time but if you prioritize certain things you actually can you know have it all just at different stages of your life thank you so much for sharing that personal story and journey with us that's really very insightful so going back to your role at Meta um, can you share with us what is the most interesting thing about working with their current team at the moment with the network instructor team? The most interesting thing? Um, so probably the most interesting thing for me um, in my in my job at the moment is the diversity, um, the extreme difference in the types of things that I can do in a day and the different matters I can be working on and different issues I can see. Um, it's very cool because you never know what's going to come next. Uh, I've always got to be ready for whatever crops up. And that's, you know, terrifying, but also always keeps it interesting and it always keeps me learning. Um, so stressful, but great. And what do you think are the benefits and challenges of being a female tech lawyer in a largely still male-dominated industry? So I, I guess for me, um, I don't really, for me, it's not really a, a factor that I'm a female lawyer in a tech company. I, I don't, definitely here, I don't see any distinction. There's no issue for me about being a female lawyer. My my manager's a, a female. Most of the other people 
the, the lawyers that I work with are, are female. Um, I mean, there's definitely more males working in this space, but there are also some extraordinarily impressive females. So I guess in my experience, it's just a non-issue being a woman in a um, you know largely male-dominated industry, but I'm, I, I, I'm very aware that that is an issue for other tech lawyers. Um, so I guess answering the question more sort of holistically, I think the challenges would probably be um, just making sure that women are heard, they're able to speak up, carve out their place at the table uh, and be heard. And um, I think that's something that, you know, um, women's inherent nature is sometimes to be less outspoken than men uh, as a generalisation. And I think that's something I'd, I'd like to see change and that is something that affects women, I think, in all roles, not just in, in the technology sector, but in any sector that has a male presence or a predominantly male presence, sorry. Um, and then there's the obvious fact that, you know, women are going to have to juggle more than men in terms of taking breaks for children, um, coming back to work after children, that sort of thing. Um, obviously, things are better now than they were, you know, 20 years ago, but women still need to, that they give birth, they take time out, that affects your body, that affects your ability to come back and be, you know, you're tired if you've been up half the night, even if you're sharing that with your partner, it's tiring, you know, it's tiring on your body. It's, 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 you're not at the same place that you were pre child. And that's a challenge that any lawyer will face, um, any woman lawyer, whether they're in the tech sector or not, but it's a challenge. And it's a challenge that, you know, as a, as an industry, we need to, to keep working forward and find ways to, to, not change because it won't change, but support and make it easier. Um, in terms of the benefits, well, I think it's just the diversity. Like women have have cool ideas. They come at things from different perspectives. Um, they're very smart. There's just a lot of a lot of benefit that can that can come about by having a woman on your team if you're in a male dominated sector. And I think that should be embraced more. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that is also important to, you know, find an organization actually supports that, you know, diversity, like, you know, encouraging women, you know, um, and I think that, like, we are very lucky that, you know, we're working at Meta and also Asha's, they're both organizations that really support that. I am due in a week and I have yeah. yeah the benefit of actually taking, you know, 26 weeks off for my maternity leave and it actually is a rental like global policy and I think to like having having that um option for both men and women actually allows that equality instead of yeah. you know just putting the pressure on women as well so I think that if organizations um now or even in the future can actually start these initiatives it would really help women to thrive and also be able to not have that um burden of raising family just on their shoulders but actually equally shared with the partners yeah absolutely how do you think we can better support the representation of women in the tmt world um that's a really good question i think um something that i really like to see is um things like women in tech groups and you know events to help women connect and skill up and um join together um, and so I think 
the creation and support of those sorts of things, both financially in terms of, you know, promotion uh, is a really good step. Um, but I think for me, the important thing is, is making sure that women have a voice and that women that work in sectors where there is a male dominance have that power and that confidence to speak up and give their opinion and sit at the table and be vocal and say what they think. Um, you know, women have brilliant ideas just like anyone, just like men do. And I think it's just making sure that that space is carved out for everybody, irrespective of, of their gender. Um, and then, I mean, of course, there's the little things like, you know, making sure there are women in promotional documents and um, normalizing going on maternity leave, um, making sure there are flexible working arrangements. You know, I think that's something really good that has come out of COVID, you know, if, if anything, which is the ability for women to or anyone to work from home and say, actually, you know what, I'll start early, but I'm going to pick up my kids at 3.30 and I'm going to be offline until 6.30 when they're in bed. And, you know, that person will possibly end up working much harder than the person that stayed in the office from 9 to 6.30 because they're focused, they know they've got to get stuff done. But it's that flexibility that it enables people to, you know, to balance that work-life juggle and to 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 feel supported and to feel like they can be the best person you know give the best to the industry that they can yeah I totally agree and I think that actually is one of the only good thing or you know coming out of COVID is that actually we get the flexible you know working arrangement and people actually embracing that actually be having that I think a lot of women would agree that um it actually really helped with them with the work-life balance, you know, supporting the young family and be able to just, you know, work is also recognizing that, you know, is about deliverables. It's not about sitting at your desk from nine to five and just showing like having the FaceTime. It's really about delivering and be able to um, kind of maximize your capacity in a way that suits you the best instead of, you know, yeah. having that conforming to the traditional corporate setting that you just have to be at your desk at a certain time and to be honest like a lot of times if you stay at the office from nine to five a lot of times might actually not be productive you go out for coffee you go out for lunch but if you actually be able to kind of you know separate your time um or cutting to your own schedule sometimes actually it would be more beneficial for both you know the company you work for and also for yourself as well yeah and I think that's particularly so in the legal sector because I mean it's not it's not necessarily a job as you said there's no point in sitting around um, especially, you know, in terms of private practice where you're billing hours, you know, um, as long as you do those hours, as long as you do the work to a good standard, what does it matter where you are? And of course, there's always that element of, of you know, team spirit um, and making sure that you connect with your colleagues and that you're bouncing off each other and, and knowing what each other's doing and, um, and collaborating. But, you know, I think in this post-COVID time, so much of that does work via Zoom. We, we needed to make it work. And, um, you know, a lot of companies now, you know, they have these policies of, you know, you have to come in one day a week or two days a week. And that's really enough. There's no, there's no need to be in the office every day a week, every day of the week. And I think for women that have young children or children or, or families or elderly parents, whatever it is that they have going on at home, the benefits of allowing that flexibility are so enormous. You know, why not? Yeah. It also helps with our mental health as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what advice would you give to your younger self and to aspiring young women who would like to join the tech world? Um, maybe I'll start 
with the aspiring young women um, <laughs> part of that first. I think it's it's kind of what I what I what I touched on before. Um, speak up. I think that's probably the message that I would give. If you're interested in an area of law, pursue it and speak up. Sit at the table, make your voice heard. If you've got something to say, say it. Don't be afraid. Um, you might look like an idiot, but I think ultimately you end up not being the idiot because you're the one that asks the questions. You're the one that learns. You're the one that grows. In terms of the other part, what, what advice would I give to my younger self? I don't know, because I think my journey to becoming a technology lawyer was so, um, it was such a path. You know, I, I, there's a lot of people that finish law school and say, wow, I really love that TMT stuff. I'm going to go and find the law firm that's the best at that. And I'm going to get a job there. And that's going to be my thing. Um, and that's awesome. You know, if you have that insight young, terrific, you'll, you know, you'll have all the opportunities that you can, and, and that'll be a great experience. But for me, it was, it was a different path. And um, so I got there a bit later, um, but I wouldn't change that. So I guess probably I should say, oh, you know, talk to myself and say, oh, go straight into to technology law. But I, I wouldn't want to do that because it was a journey and it got me here with a lot of fun along the way, a lot of, a lot, learned a lot of cool stuff. Um, and it was all part of, it was all part of the learning. And I draw from those experiences every day. So I guess advice to my younger self would just be follow your dreams and follow it's, it's sort of cheesy as it sounds. If you're interested in something, just pursue it. And if life takes you on different paths and that's okay. Someone once said to me in an interview uh, for a law firm, uh, wow, your, your CV is very colorful. Um, and I was like, thank you. Um, I don't think it was supposed to be a compliment. I took it as a compliment, uh, but you know, it, it's okay to have a colorful CV and it's okay to do different things because it's your life. And if that's what you want to do, well then, you know, pursue those dreams, follow those dreams, and eventually you'll end up where you want to be. Yeah, I think that's very similar for me as well. I didn't start off thinking, oh, I really want to do TMT. But I guess it's back in the day, a lot of firms don't really have a dedicated tech like or TMT. That's right, yeah. It wasn't yeah. even an option. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it's just like as different, you know, opportunities arise. Like for me, I had the opportunity to go on to comment um, to two big tech companies, Alibaba and Tencent. And for both times, I'm doing something that's completely unrelated to what I was trained to do, like M&A, but it really helped with my problem solving. And as I said, like TMT is an ever evolving sector and having that, mm -hmm. be able to think on your feet and be able to have any curveball thrown at you and you still be able to kind right, of, yeah. you know, find the answer. I think that is actually one of the skills that actually being a TMT lawyer would need to have and I think having having different kind of experiences throughout your career might actually be a plus than actually being so quickly dive into TMT but you know it's a different world now like you know every like firms are really developing their TMT in the digital economy sector and I think for for young women women who are coming into the legal industry or the tech industry now they actually have a lot more options than we did <laughs> Thank you very much, Lucy, for sharing your experience and such interesting stories in your personal journey and through your legal career. It's very insightful to me and I'm sure for our listeners as well. Thank you again. Thanks, Jess. It was it was really great to talk to you. Thank you for listening to season two of Ashes Women in Tech podcast series. If you enjoyed this episode and want to listen to the rest of the season or catch up on season one of our Women in Tech podcast, please subscribe to Ashes Legal Outlook wherever you get your podcasts. While you're here, feel free to leave us a rating or review. If you'd like to find out more about Ashes Digital Economy team, please visit www.ashes.com. 
In the meantime, thank you very much for listening and goodbye for now.